I'm Charlie Wilmer. I'm David Todd. And welcome to the Bucks Dugout Podcast. Welcome to the Bucks Dugout Podcast. He's Charlie Wilmoth. I'm David Todd. Uh, we're back at it after a little vacation. And Charlie, the Pirates have had anything but a vacation. First topic today, uh, second year in a row, the Pirates play a 19-inning game, this time on the positive outcome, on the positive side of a 6-3 outcome. Right. And uh, I, was, uh, I was around. I watched the whole thing. And... You know, it's it makes for a great copy in the morning, but I'm sure everybody in the press box was exhausted, as I was uh, by the time it was over. I felt like I was kind of going crazy uh, in that, you know, when you have these 19-inning games, really what you're watching is a game that might end at any time, but you don't know when, and in the meantime, just nothing is happening. No one is scoring. There were a couple of times in the late, uh, in the extra innings when it looked like the Pirates uh, might get close. And, of course, they finally did score one in the 17th, uh, but the, the Cardinals were, were able to answer them, which was sort of excruciating. And uh, so what, what you wound up with was, was something that was just so long and, and draining, and you, and you really felt like if the Pirates lose this game, who knows what's going to happen to their season because we saw what happened last year. Uh, with the Jerry Meals game in Atlanta, and you know, while you know these narratives do tend to fall apart almost as soon as they're created, it's, it was really tempting to think this game is extremely important, not only because it's 19 innings, but because it's against the Cardinals, and uh, the Pirates had better come out with a win, and somehow they did. And and you know, when the when the Alvarez homer finally happened in the 19th, there weren't any fireworks that went off. Uh, there wasn't anything super crazy that happened. I think most of the, the city had really tuned out at that point because the Steelers preseason game had already started. And, you know, finally they, they just won and there just wasn't much drama there. You know, the, the ball just went over the wall and it, it was like, oh, okay, that happened. So it, it was strange. It really wasn't a, a jumping up and down moment or anything like that. It was just oh, we're all of a sudden ahead, and the, the Pirates were able to tack on two more against uh, a rookie pitcher, Barrett Browning, who was a little bit overmatched, uh, and they, they come out of it with, with a 6-3 win, and it's, it's a big deal in terms of the Pirates' wildcard chances. It's also a big deal symbolically. Yeah, I'm with you on that, and you know there were a couple things in the game. Uh, we were, as, as usual, on Twitter commenting about things. Jose Tabata back up gets put right in the lineup. Starling Marte goes on the 15-day DL, and we'll get into all the roster. Uh, I don't want to call them shenanigans because it's just all the roster moves that the Pirates have had to make and will have to make here over kind of 72 hours. But Tabata up there, ninth inning or or sometime in the extra innings. I'm confused as to which inning things happened as well. Uh, A leadoff double and then tries to bunt the guy over. And, Charlie, I guess my problem with that particular play is Tabata, who had earlier sacrificed successfully, bunted it to the first baseman. And to me, again, that's fundamentals. That's Look, I understand that not every bunt's going to get down. But he, he got the bunt down, and he got it down to the wrong guy, and they throw Garrett Jones out at third by 10 feet, and then Tabata gets thrown out stealing by 10 feet. And these are the things that kind of make you throw your hands up. And, of course, we've talked about closer usage ad nauseum, so – Let's just, you know, he, he didn't bring, he, he brought Kevin Correa in in the ninth, and it was the heart of the order, the two, three, four, exactly when you'd like your best pitcher to be in there. So obviously you'd like hand or hand to be in there. 
Craig got it done. Resop got it done. So kudos to them. And Jared Hughes got it done. All those guys deserve tons of credit. Particularly, I think Hughes has been used a lot lately after being sent down. I think he's gone uh, four and two-thirds since he's been back up, scoreless. So good on all that. The problem is you go late into this game, and they've got to go to Wandy Rodriguez. The point of having Kevin Correa in the bullpen is so that if you get in this ridiculous situation where you're going to play a 19-inning game, you've got a guy who can go more than an inning. You went to Resop for three. Yeah, I know you don't play play or plan that it is 19, but if you're only going to use your closer for one inning, I have no freaking idea how you assume that the 14th is the inning you should use him. Right. It didn't it didn't make much sense to me either. I mean, you saw the way that the Cardinals handled it, which actually made a great deal more sense where they had uh, Joe Kelly, a guy who recently got booted from their rotation, pitch 5.2 innings for them. I, I mean, that's that's the role you'd like to see Correa in so that you don't have to do all these things with the roster that, that they're going to have to do today in order to have somebody pitch the first game against San Diego. Um, you don't know how long the game is going to go. So it seems really strange to blow the guy who, who you know can go you know, five innings if he needs to, right at the beginning. It's, it's a, a very weird thing to me, especially because if Resop gives up a run in the 12th inning or something, and then, again, Hanrahan doesn't come into the game. Yeah. So, you know, we, I think this happened five times last year. The Pirates lost all five games. They, they ended up winning this one. So uh, it worked out well, process bad, result good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, the, the roster stuff, we don't know. It's now uh, about noon on Monday. The Pirates are flying to San Diego. They have called whomever they're going to call from Indianapolis, and that person is on a plane. That person may probably got a call last night, and that person may very well be starting today's game. We've speculated about some things before we got on the air. Wandy Rodriguez is tomorrow scheduled uh, was today's scheduled starter. He's not going to go today. The Pirates have left that open, so it's clear he's not going to be the guy. You and I, we talked. We said we'd love to see AJ move up a day and go today and maybe have Wandy go tomorrow, but that's not likely the scenario. What What is kind of the most likely scenario? I think the, the most likely scenario is that they call up somebody from AAA, um, probably somebody who's already on the 40-man roster, be that Justin Wilson or Kyle McPherson. And we have to think that Chris LaRue would be the obvious guy, but he went Friday night. Right. He's not going to pitch. Uh, he, he, he pitched too recently. So, and, so, and, of course, Jeff Locke went yesterday. So just to get the two guys who would be choice I guess Jeff Locke would probably be choice one and Chris LaRue two, so they are digging down the list. Right, but you know, it, it's actually they have a you know a fair amount of depth there right now, and a, a yep. fair amount of guys I'd be comfortable throwing out there, especially in San Diego. Um, you know, so good on them for that. We we talked about how it, it might be it, it it could be Burnett, and if if either of us had our druthers, that's that might be what it would be. We'd just have him pitch on three days rest, but that's a little bit outside the box, so I don't really expect the Pirates to to uh to do that i mean you know you think maybe is there some chance that kevin correa could get the start even though he pitched two innings yesterday or 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 rodriguez even though he pitched a couple innings uh but i doubt that either and so that that really leaves the the triple a guys yeah so let's assume that's the case now we've got some other interesting things on the fringes you've looked at the 25-man roster today and depending on how things work, it looks like Chad Qualls may have been reinstated this morning to the 25. He was on bereavement. Jordy Mercer is off the 25. He's on paternity leave. So the most likely scenario, and we don't know all the nuances to some of these rules, but the most likely scenario is for the moment they have swapped those two guys. Now, if they add one of these, if they add Wilson or McPherson, somebody else is going to have to go. And since the roster is now only 12 position players and 13 pitchers, it will be a pitcher. And because Jared Hughes got sent down eight days ago, 
and then got recalled because of a special exemption due to either DL, bereavement, paternity, in this case, bereavement for Qualls, Hughes came back up. So maybe they send him back down, and he can be called, recalled immediately, uh, meaning as in two days, because his 10-day window is up. And he's probably unavailable today, having gone a couple innings again yesterday. Uh, so that might be one thing they'll do. Uh, I think more of a concern, Charlie, even though they don't have any fresh arms, more of a concern might be what's going on with the bench, because... The, the Dan Potash went on Stan Savern's show this morning and said Travis Snyder uh, apparently is going to miss some games with a groin pull. Uh, I, listen, I don't want to be vindicated or, you know, be right because a guy has been injured. I wrote a piece this week on the site, and, you know, I took some heat for the using the word. Uh, what was the word? I can't even remember. Clint Hurdle. <laughs> Do you remember what word is I used? Is it inexcusable or something like that? Inexcusable, right. And, then, you know, look, that's probably probably wasn't the perfect choice of words. But my point was Clint Hurdle was using a guy who was injured in a situation that was totally unnecessary and increasing the likelihood of re-injury. And if Snyder's injury here with a groin, look, he's played a couple games, so I'm not going to draw an exact line of correlation or causation, but uh, it appears maybe he wasn't fully healthy. And if if Travis Snyder's now out for a couple games, as Potash suggests, and you've got Neil Walker who looks limited, he can only bat from one side of the plate because he doesn't want his pinky against the knob of the plate, still some discomfort there. This this bench is Yumaiko Navarro, you know, who's ever playing second base, and whoever the other catcher is not. So it's really weak, and there aren't great options in, in AAA, as we've talked all along, but there seem to be better options than they've gone to. And now you've got to think, do you go to Alex Presley? Do you go to Jeff Clement? Charlie, who do you think they go to if, if you're going to have uh, – Snyder out for a couple of days. Can they afford to carry two guys who maybe can't play again tonight? I, I don't know. I mean, they've 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 done it. I mean, at various points in the last week. But yeah, they've got they've got 12 position players right now. Uh, normally they would have 13, but they've they've got 12. Two of those guys are gimpy, depending on how you look at Snyder's situation, and that's that still seems to be pretty much in the realm of rumor at this point, right? Yeah, although Potash is a pretty credible source. Okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure whether you actually heard that from Potash or whether you heard somebody say that Potash said that. Yeah, um, so, yeah, 12, uh, 12 players, uh, two of them kind of hurt, and then one of the – so that leaves – you know they're going to start with four guys on the bench, two guys who are going to be uh, limited or unavailable, and then one guy who's going to be a catcher. And, of course, they've shown an extreme reluctance to, to use their backup catcher. So, that, I mean, that's going to leave you know one player on the bench. Can they do this? Like, yeah, I don't think they would if, 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 if it were ideal. But, you know, given the situation with the, the, the pitching and the fact that, that the pitchers went 19 innings last night, they may have just no choice but to basically play the game tonight with no bench at all. Yeah, and what, what you, I mean, obviously the whole thing we're hoping here is people point to the Jerry Mills game last year and the Pirates' free fall after that. Uh, I don't think the free fall was like lost. They lost the Jerry Mills game. I think the free fall, if you're going to point to that, is that they played 19 innings. And there's obviously a mental hangover with losing a game like that, and there will be some joy in winning the game yesterday. But let's not discount the fact that this roster is massively depleted at the moment. And while that, game, that win yesterday is incredibly important, even more so because it was against the Cardinals, if you go into San Diego and get swept, you know, it becomes pretty meaningless or or it's just, you know, the, the staff is now weakened. The starting lineup now Marte's out, looks like Snyder's out and Walker's out. 
this is a pirate team that people talk about. You know how the other team, how other teams escape injuries and stuff like that. The Pirates are the team that have, has escaped injury this year. Charlie Morton went down, but they have been relatively healthy. But it tur- looks like the worm is turning a bit here, and they are getting a bunch of a bunch of smaller injuries. And in fact, I'm sure Marte wouldn't have gone on the 15 day DL, or I would imagine Marte wouldn't have gone on the 15 day DL if everybody had been healthy. But if he's going to miss five games, he can't play with two bench players. Right. I think maybe there's, you know, you want to think, you know what, it's going to be three games in San Diego against a Padres team that is not very good, you know, against, uh, you know, in a stadium that suppresses scoring. So hopefully they can keep these games short, keep the pitchers uh, pitch counts low in this series. And, uh, you know, the 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 Padres are are. You know, their, their starting rotation is not particularly good. So despite all this, there's still a lot of hope that the Pirates can come out of this with with uh, maybe winning two out of three. And then they finally have an off day on, on Thursday uh, after not having one for, for three weeks or so. So we don't want to overstate the importance of this. But, yeah, the roster is, is in really, really ragged shape right now. And, and Neil Huntington definitely has his work cut out for him in terms of uh, figuring out what to do with it. All right, Charlie, that's a good segue. You posted something on SB Nation Pittsburgh. I posted it on Bucks Dugout, talking about an article in Rob Beer Temple's notes in the Tribune Review. And this one to me was that I got to say, I, the Pirates are a little bit lucky. I think they had a 19-inning game that they won yesterday and that the Steelers played because it's probably going to get lost a little bit in the shuffle. And I don't want to make too much out of something, but our job is to talk about things that the manager and general manager say. And the Pirates are in a pennant race, essentially for the first time in 15 years. And we've talked about this roster. And in 11 days, it's going to be the end of August. And then the Pirates can go to the go to expand their roster to as many guys as they want, essentially, that are on the 40-man. And the Pirates have a lot of needs. They need a guy who can steal a base. They need a lefty reliever. They need some power off the bench. And Neil Huntington has, and this goes back to me interviewing him over a month ago, he has said he, played for, he, he worked for an organization that, uh, raided its AAA club, and then they didn't use the guys, and that went over really badly. And then in a different year, they didn't raid the AAA club, and they seemed like they needed guys they didn't have, so it was a balance. Neil said this enough, and he keeps getting asked the question. I think it's a bad answer. I think the answer is we're going to do everything we can to improve the big club, and I, that's the only acceptable answer in my view. I, I don't think that's up for debate. Are you are you with me on that? Do we care about what's going on at Indy? No, no, but I, I think we need to be clear I think we need to be clear about what this is not about. You know, these these quotes, and we'll talk about the hurdle quote in a second, but these, these quotes, I think, do look bad. Neil Huntington has said this several times, that he needs to be concerned about his relationship with his Indianapolis affiliation. That should not be a concern. Like you said, the concern should be winning a pennant. At the same time, you know, if they call up four players, say, you know, if they call up two pitchers or three pitchers instead of five, does that put the big league team at a disadvantage? Yeah, I guess. But it's it's a very small disadvantage as long as they call up a couple people. And I've seen nothing that, that Huntington has said uh, that, that suggests that he's not going to call up at least a couple of pitchers and probably a position player or two. He just doesn't want to raid the AAA team. And, you know, ultimately what Huntington does will be defined by what he does, not what he says about it. So... You know, at some point we have to not be too concerned about about what he actually says. But I agree that it's a it's a bad answer, and and that as the Pirates are are trying to win a pennant, it's not really their concern that that Indianapolis is trying to do the same thing at that the AAA level. Do you know who won the last two um, 
two international league championships. Exactly. You know, I was thinking about that when I was writing the article. I've got no idea. You know, I, I think I think it's Columbus, and I and I live in Columbus, and I I go to the stadium there. I think they have a banner about it or something. But I bet if you if you asked a bunch of fans in the stadium there who who won the last two championships, they wouldn't know. You know, right. so it's 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 just not a concern. It's it's not a big deal at this point, but it's a strange thing to say. Yeah, and then of course that gets followed up by Clint's comment, and the, the, this is a throwaway line. And but it really is the dumbest line maybe I've heard Clint say in a long time. He talks about being when he called up when he was playing it cost five or six thousand dollars, and now it costs uh, whatever he said seventy five thousand. He says now you're talking about making seventy five thousand dollars. So if you call up ten guys, you're picking up seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in salary and everything that goes with it, which is just ridiculous because you know the Pirates added about. Uh, I, I think four or five million in payroll last year in Lee and Ludwig to play the, the last couple months. They've taken on payroll to build the team going forward here. And even for a team like the Pirates, I'm willing to say $750,000 is an absolute drop in the bucket. So for him, and, and I guess this is what I wrote about, the Pirates have done such a good job of changing the narrative around this team that they're cheap, they won't spend, uh, nothing, you know, his, his purse strings are incredibly tight. They've done everything right in the draft, in going out and making offers for free agents and extending Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> and then Clint says $750,000, you know, we, we basically we can't afford it. Well, that, that, that's not what he said. Uh, he, he didn't say we, we can't afford it. In fact, we don't really know why he said what he said. I mean, he, he might have been just musing. And from Hurdle's perspective, the funny part to me is the everything that goes with it part. Because I, I think what probably what Hurdle is thinking about is like, wow, we, we got 10, 10 extra guys we're going to have to fit on the plane. You know? Well, I, you know, and if he had thrown that in, you could throw away the whole thing. It was just funny that he <laughs> brought money up into the conversation. No, it was, a, I mean, I, he's probably, it's probably just something he said carelessly. I, I, I honestly doubt the Pirates uh, care about this, care about $750,000. It's, it's nothing. But like I said in, this, in the SB Nation Pittsburgh st- ter- um, uh, story, it's, it's as if Hurdle uh, thinks that he's, he's managing the Washington Wild things and not the Pirates. I mean, $750,000 is nothing, and I, I can't honestly believe that, that Neil Huntington would care about that when making those decisions. It's just a t- – right. I mean, it, 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 that this, this comment probably matters very little in terms of what the Pirates are actually going to do, but what, what a silly thing to say. Yep. Uh, all right, Charlie, so here they are. Here this team is with 40-some games to go, clearly in, in second place in the, in the wild card. How do you feel about their chances the rest of the way? I mean, I, I, you know, they've got a bunch of teams nip, nipping at their heels. They've got a roster that's that's kind of coming apart a little bit. I don't love their chances of making the playoffs, honestly. I mean, I don't think there was ever really a time when I was when I was super excited about the. I mean, excited, uh, excited, yes, but but super optimistic about uh, the chance that they would make the playoffs. Uh, and I, I, I'm still not. That said, they still are, are in the lead at this point. And if they can pull off, you know, a, what would seem to be a, a somewhat unlikely win streak here in the next week or two, they could they could really set themselves up nicely. What about you? Well, OK, so we, let's just say uh, obviously the Giants or the Dodgers are going to get in. And it's a, a little bit disadvantageous, disadvantageous to the Pirates that those two teams are separated by a game in the standings, or actually a half game, I think, in the standings. So it keeps one of those teams, obviously, in the wild card race. The Braves look like they are, well, they're certainly the leader for the other spot, but it really does feel like uh, it's a it's a three-team race 
uh, for the spot. I mean, the Mets are clearly out, and Arizona is on the fringes. They're not out of it, but they're on the fringes. Um, I just don't think the Pirates – I think the Pirates are the worst of the three teams. And it's impressive that they went into St. Louis and won two. They didn't play great baseball. They got helped out by the Cardinals. They scored, They didn't score an earned run on uh, Saturday. They, you know, didn't, didn't – the Cardinals did them some favors again yesterday. So, you know, I don't know. It's going to come down to the starting pitching because they're not going to hit a lot. And certainly if guys start missing games, they're going to hit even less. So the starters are going to have to pitch like they did in April and May. And that's just, I think that's probably asking too much. Carson's has been a little erratic. Bedard has been very erratic. J-Mac looks like maybe he's back. I I actually have been less negative on James McDonald than most people, uh, maybe wrongly. But uh, his last start was very good. He's going to have to be that guy virtually every time out. And AJ's going to have to be as good as AJ's been. And that's probably a tall uh, task to ask for as well. So, yeah, I'm with you. I don't see it happening just because I just don't see the, the I just don't see the, the the likelihood that they can consistently pitch like that to overcome a weak hitting lineup. Right. Uh, one thing to one source of possible optimism though is is we want to be watching what goes on the the rest of the month. So we've got the situation in the NL West, right? We've got the Dodgers and the Giants. One of those two teams is very likely going to win the NL West. Uh, it, you know, and given the the chance that the you know the Pirates are only going to be competing against the lesser of those two teams, so the the chances that you know one of those two teams falls apart a little bit down the stretch are are pretty good. So the team that we really need to be watching out for, I think, at this point, is the Cardinals. Now the Cardinals have three games coming up against the Astros. That's not so good for the Pirates. But after that, they got three against the Reds, three against the Pirates, three against the Nationals. So you know that's a that's a very tough run in their schedule. And if they can really hit a snag at that point in the season that's that's uh, that's coming up in the next 10 days or two weeks, um, the the uh, Pirates can come out of it with hopefully a, a nice lead in the second wild card race against the Cardinals. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, what's going to happen against the NL West teams. And if you're going to point to a couple guys uh, to carry this team, is it simply Andrew McCutcheon and, and J-Mac and A.J. Burnett? I mean, is it uh, the big guys have to be the big guys down the stretch? I, I mean, I, I I think so, especially given the the problems the the rest of the the um, roster has had in keeping healthy. I, I mean, I think Garrett Jones has been a really big guy uh, in the last couple weeks for the Pirates. I mean, if the Pirates can get any more out of him, that would be great. But in McCutcheon in particular has fallen off a little bit in the in, in the past month or so. And if the Pirates can get get him back to where he was in June and July, then he becomes a big difference maker for them. Obviously. Yeah. And you look at this schedule, and we'll just uh, just looking at September, a team that's going to really impact the Pirates' chances is the Milwaukee Brewers. I think they've got nine left with the Brewers. So that is a huge deal. Uh, got a bunch of games with the Cubs and the Astros, as we've pointed out all along, and you'd like to think that uh, we'd like to think that that's advantageous for the Pirates. And another, good th- another thing in their benefit is they play the last three against the Reds at home, and the way things are going, the Reds could be playing for home field advantage, I guess, but they're certainly not going to be playing for a playoff spot the last three games. So you might get a small break there. But, you know, really, nine games with the Brewers with 40 to go, that's going to, you know, that's going to be a team that impacts the Pirates' chances as much as any. 
And, that, and Pirates, Pirates fans are probably groaning about that a little bit. Uh, nobody wants to see all kinds of brewers on the schedule down the stretch, and, and neither do I, frankly, even though they're not the team that they've they've been in the past. I think to focus on the positive, it's, it is a weak schedule. you got a, 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 a depleted Brewers team. you got tons of games against the Cubs and Astros, and, and you got to feel and, and then a, a big series against the Mets at the very end of the year, and they'll be out of it. So I, I think you got to feel pretty good about the schedule. The, the, the question is whether the Pirates themselves can hold up. All right. Well, Charlie and I will keep you posted on the site today as to what roster moves happen. Again, it's probably going to be a bit of a flurry here for 72 hours because I think you'll see whoever starts today's game, if it's McPherson or Wilson, probably sent back down after the game. And they'll look to add more arms. Maybe a Chris LaRue will be added as a bullpen arm. He'll have not pitched since Friday. So uh, look for a bunch of moves. We'll keep you posted. Join us in the comments, please. Your thoughts on all this stuff. And uh, and we appreciate you listening. And Charlie, anything you want to close with? No, uh, that's it. So thanks for listening to the Bucks Dugout podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. Follow David on Twitter at DT on Pirates. And we'll catch you next time.